Good day. Francis Gargani here once again, coming to you from our Redemptress Provincial House in Washington, D.C. Like always, the summer is swiftly passing us by. August is upon us. So, here on its fourth day, we're invited to welcome God's living word. You can read Jeremiah 31, 31 to 34 on your own. And now let's listen to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 16, 13 to 23. Jesus went into the region of Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they replied, well, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Jesus said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter said in reply, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said to Peter in reply, Blessed are you, Simon, son of John, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my heavenly Father. And so I say to you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And then Jesus strictly ordered his disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer greatly from the elders, the chief priests, the scribes, and be killed and on the third day be raised. Then Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. God forbid, Lord, no such thing shall ever happen to you. And he, Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an obstacle to me. You are thinking, not as God does, but as human beings do. Hopefully these August days offer you some respite from your everyday work and routine. Summer is traditionally for us Americans a time of travel, taking car trips to places of recreation, like lakes or ocean beaches. And for many of our young, it's a time of camp, of forming lifelong friendships and memories of talent shows and s'mores. For we Redemptors, August kicks off with our founder, Alfonso de Liguri's feast day, and the anniversary for many of us of our profession of vows in our congregation. So even though August is definitely vacation time, it's also opportunity to pause, spend some time considering today's question asked of us by Christ, who do you say that I am? Even though this gospel passage is so familiar to us, it just seems much more relevant to me these days, in probably ways unexpected. I'm struck in a new way with Jesus' question. I often wonder at this stage of my career as a presbyter and now longtime member of our religious order, 57 years Tuesday past, who do folks whom I've known over many years say that I am. I realize people know us in different capacities and only deal with us in a limited way, so they don't necessarily know us in a deeply personal way. But Jesus is asking that question of 
women and men who were close to him, who traveled with him, who were part of his many interactions with the sick, the poor, the sorrowing and forgotten, as well as with the mostly critical and condemning religious leaders. It was important to him to hear, to know what those close to him think of him, as it is for us to hear and to know what folks think of us. It had to be thrilling for Jesus to hear Simon Peter get Jesus's identity as the anointed one, the living God's son. Not that Jesus needed confirmation of his identity, but more than, than that Peter and hopefully his other close disciples were beginning to encounter the mercy of God, were experiencing how they were also anointed to be instruments of that mercy, binding and loosing, now within their power. If they got Jesus, they got themselves. Simon's response on behalf of his co-disciples meant they were not only getting Jesus' identity, but their own in their relationship to him. Isn't it, though, almost shocking in this mini-drama that emotions could swing from one extreme to the other? Jesus had to prepare his intimate friends with that the path ahead of for him and in turn for them would be full of suffering at the hands of those who should know better. It's almost like a whiplash of such ferocity and fierceness, Jesus' response to Peter, who even after all this time, still doesn't seem to get it or resist getting it. Jesus has set his eye on the prize, and the prize will be suffering and death. Suffering not for its own sake, but suffering only as a response to love. Jesus is all about revealing God's unconditional love. His gospel of liberation is just too much for those walking the fine line of holding on to their own local authority and keeping the Roman tetrarch happy. His challenging not only their approach to who's in and who's out, they're putting ritual purity over the demands of compassion and justice, their inability to grasp the wideness and breadth of Yahweh God's mercy make him a real threat to both their authority and to the Pax Romana of the empire. It's almost as if Jesus is saying to Peter, and yes to us, don't you know? Stand up for justice and dignity for all, especially the marginalized. Challenge systems that keep the rich and rich and the poor poor Address oppression within institutionalized religion and without, and be ready to be rejected and, yes, churned over the coals. So can't you just hear Jesus say to you, to me this day, think like God. You might look like a fool, if not a total failure, in the eyes of society, even of the church. But live your profession of my authentic identity and yours, as a daughter and son of the God of mercy, as my sister and my brother, and together we will bind and loose and build God's kingdom on this earth. Open my eyes, Lord. Help me to see your face. Open my eyes, Lord, 
help me to see, open my ears, Lord, help me to hear your voice, open my ears, Lord, help me to hear, open my heart, Lord, help me to love like you, open my heart, Lord, help me to love, I live within you, deep in your heart, oh love, I live within you, rest now in me. Amen.